1: Hello, and welcome to another episode in our podcast series, Beyond Markets. My name is Perlin Wong, and I'm Head of Investment Promotion and Solutions Asia. Today, we have with us Janai Chua, my colleague from the research APAC team based in Singapore. Janai is our Singapore Real Estate Investment Trust, or S REITs specialist, and she recently published a very interesting report entitled SREIT, Survival of the Fittest. So we are here today to pick brains about the sector. Hello, Jennai. Welcome to this special episode on S-Reads. Hi, Pauline. Glad to be here. Good to have you here. The Singapore REIT space has been pretty quiet in the past year. Could you update us on what's been happening?
2: Yes, Pauline, it's been a somewhat muted year. The s REITs have underperformed regional REITs and the main board since 2020 against rather difficult operating environment and multiple macro headwinds. Globally, we've had the emergence of new strains of the COVID virus that has prompted start-stop reopening measures in Singapore and much of the rest of the world, slowing the pace of recovery. And then separately, expectations of higher interest rates have depressed sentiment and valuations for new plays like the REITs, evoking memories of the sell-down during the taper tantrum in 2013. So that
1: sounds pretty challenging. But um, what can we expect for the year ahead, Jenai?
2: I think we expect 2022 to remain challenging. Our Julius Bear Economics team is forecasting four rate hikes in the next 12 months. And historically, the s reits have corrected by an average of around 16% when there is a bear steepening in the yield curve of 50 bips or more, led by higher 10-year government bond yields. I think separately, growth for the sector is also becoming elusive. Acquisitions and mergers are no longer a fail-proof kicker, and you can see that in S-Read share performance last year where only about half of the SREIT acquirers outperformed one and four weeks after their deal. I think this could be because the REITs are expanding into less familiar geographies like emerging Asia and Europe, or they're acquiring assets of lower quality and maybe taking on only modestly accretive deals. And on top of that, I think some of the larger REITs are becoming a victim of their own success as successful M&A has led them to grow to a size where they need to acquire portfolios of at least a billion SING dollars in order to move the earnings needle. So given all of
1: this, Jennai, and the headwinds that are ahead, are REITs still relevant?
2: Should investors be still investing in this asset class? Yeah, that's a tricky question, Palin. But at forward yields of 5.2% on a sector basis and a spread of 390 bits above the 10-year Singapore government bond yield, I think there is definitely a case to be made to income investors for a REIT allocation in their portfolio. For such investors in particular, uh, REITs have value as a dynamic complement to bonds given their track record of long-run returns, especially as inflation and interest rates take up. So just to give you some colour on how they stacked up last year, in 2021, the Asian REITs as a whole were up 10% on a total returns basis, whereas Asian bonds, corporate emerging market bonds and US liquid bonds were all underwater. And I think this suggests quite strongly that the REITs are generally able to weather the volatility associated with rate upcycles in better shape. Add to that another fact that may lend investors comfort is the fact that a weakness in REIT sentiment and share price is likely to be mitigated by the ability to grow dividends in line with rate increases, and also their already rather sluggish performance. I think actually there is scope for rotation into lagged REIT markets like the S REITs given the extreme divergence in REIT markets globally. So then what kind of asset
1: allocation strategy would you suggest for investors looking to gain exposure to the sector?
2: So our strategy is to keep a core portfolio in new economy sectors, for example, e-commerce, logistics and high-tech business parks. These are underpinned by strong structural trends and can probably grow through a rate up cycle. Despite the challenges of growth for the larger S-REITs that we've mentioned, I think those with access to a growth pipeline are still better than those without, and we would be focusing on the REITs with a strong sponsor pipeline. And we also suggest selectively looking out for opportunities in short-term cyclical reopening plays afforded by more old economy sectors. So these would be retail, office, and maybe even in the distant future, hospitality. There's probably more value in these and stability in reopening and The returning of workers to offices should provide sustained momentum for office and prime retail landlords. Let's
1: talk about something
2: that the media
1: has been abuzz with recently,
2: potential goods and
1: services tax hike in Singapore in the upcoming February 2022 budget. How do you think this could impact the REIT sector?
2: Well, historically, when you have a GST tax hike, this has a short-term impact on retail spending you see retail spending spiking up before the tax hike is implemented and then it falls quite sharply after that. But in the long run, the effect of the tax hike is likely to be overshadowed by longer-term concerns and issues as the focus returns to economic growth. In fact, for local retailers and local landlords, I think the GST hike should level the playing field for them versus online counterparts. Because from 2023, GST will be imposed for all imported goods via air or post as well as business-to-consumer imported non-digital services, and these are currently not taxed.
1: Right, so more of a shorter-term concern than a longer-term one, that's what you're saying. That's right. Now on the topic of risk mitigation, how do you think
2: investors should mitigate risks in their REIT investments? From a bottom-up perspective, we would keep an eye on the more highly geared REITs in the sector, especially those names with gearing over 40%. This is currently not a big concern right now. Uh, Sector gearing for the REITs has been creeping up and average debt maturity is declining. But overall levels are still manageable as the effect of higher interest rates is cushioned by the high proportion of fixed debt in the sector. From a top-down level, we think there's also merit in considering some geographical diversification in the REIT portfolio, for example, through a pan-Asian REITs strategy, given the unpredictable and ever-evolving COVID situation. And to this end, there are certainly a growing number of emerging Asian REIT regimes that uh, now offer investors more diversity and choice, especially when they mature. So just to give you a few examples, China listed its first batch of nine onshore REITs in May, and there, this was followed by two more in Q4 last year. The Philippines has had two REIT listings in 2021, and India one, and all of these were backed by very strong sponsors. So in all, the Asian REIT space remains a very vibrant and fast-growing one, the region is seeing more REITs owning digital infrastructure and alternative asset classes like cell towers, data centers, and healthcare. And we believe all of these could collectively one day eclipse the dominance of developers as the mainstay of the Asian listed property market. Great. Thank you, Jenai, for your insights uh, into the Singapore REITs
1: market and also a little bit beyond that. From what you have shared, diversification and selectivity will be key to investing in S REITs this year. On behalf of Gen and all of our colleagues at Julius Baer, we thank you, everyone, for tuning in and goodbye.
0: You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research.